This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. This is Dr. Kara Shepard. Uh, this is episode two of Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. I'm going to be talking about permanent identification options for goats and also mostly for sheep. Uh, these guys fall in the same category as far as uh, recognized permanent identification. Um, I recorded this episode on the road, so there's a little bit of background noise. Um, if this isn't too terribly offensive for my listeners, I'll probably be doing this more in the future. I'm going to be editing another episode shortly that I recorded on the road because I spend a lot of time in my truck. Uh, so in order to keep making uh, podcasts and getting them out in a reasonable time frame, I'm likely to be recording on my truck more in the future. So let me know if you think it's terrible, if you like it, if it doesn't bother you. Uh, you can email me at goatdoccara, G-O-A-T-D-O-C-C-A-R-A at gmail.com, or you can find ways to contact me on my website, goatdoc.com. Uh, so here comes this episode. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, and if you like what you hear, please recommend to your friends and subscribe, rate, and review in iTunes. Um, I'm on there now and also on Stitcher. If you have another podcast platform that you would like to see me on, please let me know that too. And enjoy the episode. This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and this is episode two of Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. I am going to be talking about permanent identification for livestock, and more specifically, goats today. Um, I'm on the road into the clinic this morning, so this is kind of a test run to see if audio quality will be okay with this recorder, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, as always, the information in this podcast is meant for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice on the case of your personal animals. I encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid veterinary client-patient relationship with your local veterinarian. So talking about identification for goats, and this is what is considered permanent identification, permanent legal identification, anything of that nature. Um, it's kind of a timely topic for me right now. It's the spring, and I'm writing a good number of CVIs, which are certificates of veterinary inspection, or sometimes called health certificates or health certs, uh, for animals that will be going to shows around New England, usually, mostly, um, some travel a little farther than that, but since I'm right on the border of Maine and New Hampshire, that's largely what I do uh, is animals traveling between the New England states. Uh, in order for me to legally write a certificate of veterinary inspection, these animals need to have permanent identification. And there's a variety of ways that that can be done. And I'm going to talk about those different ways. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about why it's important. 
Um, as I was thinking about this episode, it kind of dawned on me that it'd be good to think of permanent identification for your livestock as like that animal's birth certificate or like that animal's social security number. It's something that is assigned to them in a permanent fashion and it will follow them through their life. So this is important for food producing animals specifically um, because we eat them or we eat a product that they make and it is possible for diseases to be passed from goats or sheep to humans. We don't see a lot of that anymore. Maine and New Hampshire are tuberculosis-free states. I also believe brucellosis-free states, both of them. It's not something I've ever actually seen clinically, which is great. But having said that, these are diseases of human importance in human medicine. There are people still alive who raise goats and sheep who remember when drinking raw milk was of concern because you could get different diseases from drinking raw milk or improperly uh, pasteurized milk or things like that. So this is why everybody gets excited about um, specific disease testing for dairy testing, looking at TB and brucellosis. Some of the different New England states require a recent TB or brucellosis test negative within a certain time frame for that animal to travel. Um, and for me to do to do those testings, I need to have permanent identification on that animal so we know that that test belongs to that animal. There's a lot of... I, I am fully aware that there is a lot of movement of small ruminants in particular in my area that is not technically legal because those te- animals are not assigned permanent identification. Um, Another reason that this permanent ID is important is to help producers um, and the study and case studies of epidemiology. So epidemiology is the study of diseases and how those diseases affect populations and move through populations. Uh, It's kind of like the movie uh, Outbreak. So looking at how a certain disease started, how it affected a population, how it spread. So I try to explain to my clients that uh, we're, we're not trying to be a pain in the butt asking for a certificate of veterinary inspection and permanent identification on your animals. We're trying to help you so that in the case of a disease of concern occurring, we have a way to help you and inform you that your animals could have been at risk. If your animals went to the state fair on such and such a date, and then down the line a couple months later, an animal tests positive for one of the diseases, TB, brucellosis, or there's a scare about scrapie, any of those things I, as an animal producer, certainly would want to know that my animals potentially could have been at risk for exposure to those things, Um, especially as a a licensed dairy where we produce something that is then consumed by a number of people. You know, these are important things for public health and human health. So those are, that's just a little bit of my, my soapbox about why it's important to have identification for your animals so we can so we can help each other out basically we can figure things out we can learn um, and 
be be careful and be conscious of human health and public health. Um, so options for permanent identification, and I'll talk mostly about goats because that's what I mostly do. Um, and I'll start with what I'm personally most familiar with because it's the system that I use in my own herd, uh, which is uh, breed registry, tattoo, and registration paper. The important part of that statement is breed registry, tattoo, and registration paper. So one without the other is not valid and they must match. So my herd is registered with the American Dairy Goat Association. There's multiple goat associations in the United States, um, and a lot of this uh, identification is overseen by the Scrapie Eradication Program. So you can go online to the APHIS website, Animal Plant Health Inspection Services, um, and I'll link in the show notes at goatdoc.com so you can check out these listings and regulations Um, and there can also be some variation between states but anyway so at that at those websites you can look up which uh, dairy goat or other breed registries other species registries are accepted with a tattoo and registration as permanent identification Uh, So the American Dairy Goat Association is one of them. Uh, That's the association that my animals are registered to. And they require a herd tattoo. And so you basically need to meet the breed or the association requirements for registration. So for ADGA, we've got a herd tattoo and we've got an individual tattoo. And in order to register an animal, I need to assign an individual tattoo, and a her- and my herd t- tattoo is assigned to me personally, and my husband. So they know that if an animal has our herd tattoo is FGF, if it has that in its ear, then that is an animal that came from our herd. And then the individual animal is we follow the ADGA. Uh, guidelines that every year a different letter is assigned so this year I believe it's K so we're in 2018 and the letter is K and then we go through our kids and the first kid who's born is K1 the second kid who's born is K2 K3 and so on until we get to the end Um, so that way every animal that is assigned has a, a permanent individual identification when I register an animal, I submit the animal's date of birth, sex, age, description, and tattoo number, and the Dairy Goat Association sends me back a registration number. Uh, once I get the official registration paper in hand, that combined with the matching tattoo of the animal is permanent identification. So when I do legal testing on my herd for dairy purposes. We don't sell raw product, but I like to know that my animals are all healthy and not exposed to or carrying any diseases because we drink our own raw milk. Um, We're looking at putting that animal's, when I fill out the paperwork, I'm putting that animal's name, tattoo number, um, and usually I can't fit the registration number on there because it's a really small box, but <laughs> at least the animal's name and tattoo number, and I have all their registration papers in a binder. 
the other most popular and probably probably actually easier than uh, tattoos and registration is uh, ear tags. Uh, so there's different varieties of ear tags. I carry USDA metal ear tags on my truck, um, which I can apply if a client wants, and then I assign those tag numbers to the client's herd. Um, the Those are all, every single number is different. It's a long uh, 12 digit code maybe of letters and numbers and every single one of those is different. When I fill up a sheet of those I submit it to the state so they have a record of it. Uh, so those are the little metal ear tags. I know a lot of people don't like to put tags in their animals ears and that's why we do tattoos and registrations because my husband was like no way am I putting go ear tags in my Nubian's beautiful ears. So I said alright well then we're going to pay more money and we're going to register them all and tattoo them all and it's, it is what it is. So we have that option. Uh, there's different kinds of ear tags. Uh, there's the metal ones that I, you know, I mentioned I carry on my truck. Um, there's scrapey tags, which I used to be able to get for free from uh, APHIS, and I am not sure if they're still providing them for free directly to producers, but they absolutely still are providing them. It may be a nominal fee at this point. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes of who to call at. APHIS, uh, so you can get tags if you're interested, or they can at least guide you to which specific tags you can purchase. Um, I think maybe the, the program either ran out of tags or ran out of money, so they, they can't provide them for free anymore, but it may be a nominal fee because this is a, it's important. It's important to human health and public health, as I mentioned before. Uh, one other alternative for permanent identification, which I learned about recently, actually, and this may vary state to state, so you should check with your your veterinarian or your state veterinarian who um, can tell you if your state accepts this form of identification as a permanent ID is uh, APHIS, Animal Plant and Health Inspection Service, Animal Plants health inspection surfaces, um, they can assign you a tattoo as well. So if you don't have registered animals, if you have mixed breed animals, or you just don't want to register your animals, or you're unable to register your animals, for example, weathers who are pets, or um, animals with unknown lineage, what have you, uh, you can have... APHIS assign you, your herd, a personal flock or herd identification. So this is similar to how my American Dairy Goat Association tattoo is FGF. Um, and APHIS would assign me, I spoke with the, the very helpful woman uh, a couple last week, and she said, so for you, we would assign the state postal code ahead of your ADGA registration uh, herd ID. So mine would be M-E-F-G-F. Um, if you don't have an ADGA herd ID tattoo, then they will come up with one with you. It could be your initials, it could be your farm name, whatever, as long as it is specific to you. Um, and then you do the similar 
procedure as what we do with our herd registry is that every animal is assigned an individual herd uh, tattoo in either if they're look if you have La Manchas you're going to be using a tail fold but most breeds with ears the tattoos go in the ears so that way if aphis is has your animals tattoo on record your herd tattoo on record they can trace those animals back to you and then follow the path of that animal to wherever it ended up by that permanent tattoo number it is the producer's responsibility to keep track of these things. Um, when I apply tags in the field, I know that I applied tags to those animals, and I have a list of the tag numbers that I applied to that herd, um, but I don't know those animals as individuals, uh, especially uh, some breeds that look um, like I'm used to Nubians where they're all different colors and uh, it can be easier to tell them apart, um, but things like overhaul seas are different. If you have sheep of all one breed for someone to come in and meet them, you know, a couple times a year, I can't look at an animal and tell you its name. Um, but I can look at that ear tag and say, okay, that's that animal's permanent identification, and I applied that. I maintain that, and I submit it to the state. Uh maybe coming down the line at some point and at least in Maine we're seeing that uh, different types of livestock horses for example are being required to have electronic ID put in. Uh, different breeds of cattle also um, are getting different ear tags which can be read with a wand reader uh, which is super helpful because then you don't have to be looking at little tiny numbers on an ear tag. Um, you can wave a, a reading wand over a an ear tag or a chip reader in the case of horses. Um, in Maine, there's new regulations coming up that all horses who are participating in pulling uh, competitions are going to have to be identified with chips because there's a concern of dishonesty about which animal is which. Uh, so those are all going to have to be, you know, done by veterinarians and uh, permanent identification is going to be have, have to be established that way. Uh, in livestock at this time, there is not a consensus federally, at least to the best of my knowledge, that we can do a electronic ID. Those are considered an ancillary and additional identification method and they're great and I hope that someday we all kind of join together and figure out we're all going to use this one kind of microchip and on every every species or every you know at least goats are going to get this kind of microchip sheep are going to get this microchip we're all going to put them in the same location um, and then we will have a, an easy way to identify those animals quickly and effectively. Uh, it's, those are similar to how your dog or your cat gets a microchip for identification. One of the big concerns and hurdles in this is that these animals are eaten, so nobody wants to be eating a piece of meat from a sheep or a goat and then find a microchip in it. So there's a little bit of concern there and has to, uh, I think, 
overall everyone needs to come up with a there needs to come up with a policy of how to mediate that uh, concern and prevent anything like that from happening so but hopefully someday within my lifetime we may see that happen uh, it certainly is an investment from my perspective as a veterinarian I think I've, I have looked into this for my own herd because I was like I just want to chip everybody that would be great um, and the investment for me to get the the reader and the microchip set up initially was about $1,500 to $2,000. So it's not an insignificant uh, investment, especially for a, a smaller farmer. But that is something that as a, as a veterinarian, I would be able to provide that service and uh, help out people with smaller herds. Uh, let me see in my notes here if there's anything else I wanted to talk about in terms of ID. Yeah, so to kind of recap, um, we're not trying to be a pain when we're asking to maintain permanent identification for animals. It's important to develop a system. Uh, whatever your system is for keeping track of your animals, it can be help. It can be useful to just jump into somebody else's system that's already established, like a breed registry or whatever it is. Um, you should be keeping records on your animals of what kinds of medications are administered and things such as that anyway, um, especially if you're producing food for sale. Uh, those records are important to maintain, uh, but this is an, an additional piece of information that goes with the animal's medical record. Uh, options that so we talked about, ear tags, tattoos, and electronic identification microchips, which are not universally recognized as a sole form of ID at this time, um, but hopefully that is coming down the line. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at goatdoccara, G-O-A-T-D-O-C-C-A-R-A at gmail.com. Uh, you can find my website at goatdoc.com, and I will write up some show notes with links to information about permanent identification for small ruminants and who you can get in touch with to get that identification established for your animals. We'll see you next time.